Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're bringing back the no notes format. So the way this goes is Connor and I have five questions each, four football questions and one kind of off the wall fun question. And the other one has to answer it. No notes. It's how the show goes. It normally has some pretty great moments that it creates because of this format. I'm Trevor Sycamore with me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys for a very special episode. I know it's the only one that we have this week, so we're going to make it extra special for you. It's a no-notes episode, maybe. We're going back to the format that people have been asking for for a little while now. Connor and I kind of just came up with this out of the blue. If you didn't watch the last one, what Connor and I do is we come up with five questions for the other person. And obviously, we'll discuss it together. Four of them, football-related, draft-related, whatever. And then one of them can be literally whatever it is. Connor and I are going to hold up our questions. We went the extra mile. We we write them out. We're going to hold them up so you guys can read them as well. And then we're going to talk about it. And the reason why it's no notes is because we have to answer it. No notes. I don't know what Connor's questions are. He doesn't know what mine are. This is going to be a good time. We're going to have a lot of fun. Connor, how are you doing, my friend? Great. I love these shows. It's a lot of fun. It's an open format. It gives us a chance to talk about things that we might not normally get to cover in our week-to-week draft analysis and everything like that. So this is always a lot of fun, man. And I'm excited for the five note cards I'm, I have ready written down to throw at you. It, we got to do homework for this one. That's how yeah. it feels. Like I actually texted you. I was like, all right, you ready to do this? And I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't write it down. So like, I, I was in the st- same thing. I've had the topics in my head. And then like 10 minutes before we were about to record, I was like, I would probably help if I actually got found a Sharpie and wrote these down for Trevor to see. Yeah, yeah. So um, anybody who's like looking for like position rankings and things like that, that are kind of coming down the schedule for the show as we get, get into the combine, we will talk about it at the end of the show. We will have a ranking show for you in the next episode we'll leave that as a teaser to what's coming next you got to watch the whole episode to figure out which one it is or you can fast forward through the show don't do that that's cheating come on help us out families are families are sharp and so uh connor if you uh i don't know that was all my housekeeping stuff that was a pretty quick intro but you want to just get right into it i'm ready to rock you want me to throw on your way (sighs) yes yeah i'm mentally ready mentally ready physically ready that's what all the training's for. Yeah, yeah. Here all right, go. this is very relevant in terms of timing. Ooh, biggest combine snub. So you mean largest, like fat, like fattest? Yeah, who's the heaviest player mass? that got snubbed from the combine? <laughs> Tamandre Sweat's there, so it's not him. I know, so it can't be Sweat. It can't be an easy answer. Oh, this, so this is a good one, obviously. We've got the NFL combine coming up in about a week and a half. Super excited for that one. Um, it's one of our favorite events we've talked about on the show uh, that we have during the calendar year. So I would say there's a couple that come to mind here. The first one is actually Grayson Murphy, the edge rusher from UCLA, because his brother got invited. His brother's going to the combine. Gabriel is. And it's his, it's his twin brother. First That's of all, freaked up. first of all, how do you do this to right. him? Like they Emotionally. played high school football together. They grew up together. They they went to UCLA together. They probably got the same agent. They both went to the Shrine Bowl. These dudes, they took their helmets off at the Shrine Bowl. And I'm like, y'all are, I, I get, I know the twin thing. I'm stating an obvious here. Can't tell you two apart. The haircut was exactly the same. Oh, like man. the length in between when they needed to get their next haircut, the beard length was the same. It's like, come on, can one of you just go like go goatee over here? Help us out. Recognize you. I was talking to uh, Laiatilatu on the sidelines of the Senior Bowl, and he was joking around. He's like, "Yeah, I, I actually like roomed with those guys, and it was extremely difficult." <laughs> and he lives <laughs> to, with them to identify <laughs> who is who. And he and lives he, with them. He lives with them. So, anyways, well, the NFL found a way. They're like, yeah, "One well, of you is just not going." <laughs> yeah, and it's sick. It's no, really it. sicko stuff. So, look, great. Er, Gabriel Murphy gets invited, and. I've talked about this on this show. I like Gabriel's game a little bit better. They're very similar players, obviously very similar just in natural athleticism, their their height, their weight, the measurables, all that. It's extremely similar with them being twins. But Gabriel's a little bit quicker with his hands. He's a little bit more pass rush proficient when it comes to those finesse moves and getting off blocks. Grayson's a little bit more powerful. He builds his pass rush more from a bull rush. But both of them are pretty neck and neck there. And 
the reason why I think that Grayson is is one of the biggest combine snubs is because it's like I kind of think it's I kind of think like you said like this kind of dirty a little bit because I wonder if the NFL went well if we just see what Gabriel runs and jumps <laughs> it's got to be the same then we basically know the other one and like that's kind of messed up it's kind of is- messed up you only get to go through the combine once in your life like it only ha- you don't even you don't even get to do it at any other point in your life. This is it. And like to not invite Grayson and to invite Gabe, I don't know, man. It's kind of dirty to me. So I feel like he's I feel like he's a big combine snub. Christian Boyd, the interior defensive lineman from Northern Iowa, he was another shrine standout. He was somebody who I would have loved to see at the combine. He was pre- pretty relatively unknown before Shrine Bowl week. So I understand why he wasn't invited. But the, the caliber of week that he had, I, I would have liked to see him there at that event. And then the last one, a little bit of a sleeper here. This is another Shrine Bowl guy, so I guess they're all Shrine Bowl guys. A.J. Woods, the defensive back from Pittsburgh, really caught my eye with some of his movement ability, flipping the hips, turning to run, opening it up. I thought he was great in special teams for this reason when I was watching them go through the special teams portion of practices. And I would have loved to see... With the three cone, the 10 yard split, the 40 yard dash, like all the athletic stuff would have been for him. Cause I feel like when I watched it those couple of days of shrine practices, it really impressed me. So I wondered if we we had something here with a sleeper. And I, th- I still think we kind of do, but those are the three that immediately came to my mind. Who are some players? Any of those guys on your radar or is it somebody else that I missed? Uh, Boyd definitely jumped out because I was watching all the clips from Shrine and I was like, damn, like this is a dude that is making the most of it. And you'd love to see the process continue for him. I'll also stick with the UCLA theme. I was shocked Carson Steele wasn't invited to the combine. I was, I'm kind of surprised he came out. Well, number one, absolutely. I didn't think he was going to come out. I thought he'd, you know, go back and have a big year. And, um, you know, a guy that transferred from, uh, I believe it was Ball State, Mm -hmm. um, you know, had a phenomenal year there. He had over 1,500 yards. Yeah, he was a stud there. He was a stud. And, you know, you think he'd, he'd go for two years to UCLA. Um, and also somebody that, you know, this is not a very inspiring running back class. So you to not get invited to the combine in that group, it hurts. It's it's a tough one and definitely shocked me. So UCLA with with two big snubs right there for sure. Yep. And then this one only surprised me because of the um of the nature of like basically if you're a senior bowl guy, it feels like you usually go to the combine. And the fact that this guy was a quarterback and didn't get invited to the combine. Oh, uh, yeah. Bradley Carter, Car- Bradley. Carter Bradley. Yeah. Carter yeah, Bradley. Yeah. I know he wasn't really a huge prospect before senior bowl, but he still got the senior bowl invite. And when you look at the quarterback list, you just kind of expect him to be there. I wouldn't call it a snub. Once again, I guess I wasn't really floored by it in any way, but I mean, Austin Reed got invited. Keaton Slovis got invited. So yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise there. I don't think there was anything overly egregious, though. Like, Kobe Turner not being invited last year will forever blow my mind. That was crazy. Crazy. That was crazy. And he still went in the third round. So it was usually what they tell you is the combine is a really, for everybody that's getting into this business or, you know, just following it, they usually tell you that the combine is a good indicator of who will be drafted because it's obviously curated by the opinions of the NFL teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you see a guy that's not invited to the combine, it doesn't mean it's the end all for him, but it just means that maybe he's not ranked where you'd expect. But Turner was a weird one because still went day two. Yeah, he had right, a great rookie right. season. Yeah, and he was good. And I think, you know, some people talk about Talia Tonga-Vailoa to his little brother. That's a good call out. He didn't get invited to the combine, but I, I don't really care about the combine for quarterbacks, right? I, I think... They don't really go and do anything anymore anyway. Yeah, and I, I guess the, for quarterbacks, it matters just because you would have a chance to meet with a lot of NFL teams, and that's probably where it comes from. And so I think with quarterback, maybe more than other positions, if you don't get invited, that's not a good sign. Exactly. Because that's the ultimate position where you have to get to know the person. And... um yeah, I think there there are some people that over the last couple of years have, have liked what Tolly has been able to do, but I think this pretty much solidifies that he's a late day three type of a quarterback yeah, at UDFA. this point. Um, or a UDFA, yeah. So um, 
I think those are. I would love to hear from people who they thought was was a combine snub as well. I, Josh Cephas, another Shrine guy, didn't get a combine invite. Uh, I think that he could have, but it's such a deep receiver class. There's only so many that you could take. So I, I'm not too surprised with that one, but would love to hear from people. Let us know in the comments who you guys uh, thought was maybe the biggest combine snub or just maybe it didn't even have to be the biggest. Just somebody that you're like, man, I'm bummed out. I don't get to now get the official NFL combine measurables or athletic testing or things like that. Hit us up in the comments. Let us know um, who the combine snubs are that you uh, that, that kind of stood out for you. All right, you ready for your first one? Let's rock and roll. This one's a doozy. This one's a start doozy. Off, start off start, hot. Started out. All right, I'm gonna see if I'm gonna see if you can see JJ this. McCarthy over under pick ten and a half. That is an absolute beauty for a lot of reasons. Uh-huh. One being that that stretch of Minnesota, Denver, and the Raiders. Yep, all quarterback needy teams is at eleven to thirteen. But you can't rule out the idea of one of them trading with the Bears or Jets at nine and ten. Because they're all staring at each other, the old Western duel. <laughs> Man, I'll still say over. Okay. But I think it's gonna get pretty the block's gonna get pretty hot on this one leading up to the draft. Yeah. I, I really McCarthy just screams the guy that we're by the time the draft comes, we're gonna have legitimate national insiders saying that he's in play to go top three. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have other people that's saying, hey, he's probably right where you originally had him in the back end of round one. So everything kind of falls in the middle. Although look at Levis last year. A lot of people were convinced. Well, most people were convinced Levis was going top 12. The Levis smoke was pretty crazy last year because we were 24 hours from the draft getting kicked off. And well, maybe it wasn't 24 hours. Maybe it was you know, thir- 48, 72 hours from, from draft day or the draft getting kicked off. And you remember his odds like sharply moved to go number one overall. Yep. Like sharply moved. And we're like, whoa, whoa well, wasn't there a, was it Reddit, the Reddit thread? I, I, I might be mixing him up with somebody else. I'm pretty sure there was a Reddit thread from somebody that knew Will Levis directly and said he's been told he was going at some point. And it like, obviously, we would never believe that, but it gained legitimate steam. And mm-hmm. what you have to remember with the draft betting market is a lot of it is generated by two things one, high profile mock drafts. And I'm not kidding. When a guy like Daniel Jeremiah releases a mock draft and a player is eighth overall that everybody thought was going 40th overall, his over-under in the betting market could jump from 38.5 to 16.5, legitimately. The other thing is the public actually dumping funds into certain bets and moving lines. And I think Levis is one that, yeah, his line absolutely got moved by a, a, a good handle from the public, which you're right, Trevor, it's absolutely crazy. I'm going to say under 10 and a half for JJ. Okay. McCarthy. I wouldn't be shocked. You said the number perfectly, by the way, casino, man. I mean, just if only I could, uh, if, if only I, if only I could hit on my bets, like, uh, like, like I'm setting them here. It's going to be, it's going to be Tampa Bay Trey's palace soon, but- <laughs> not Caesars at this point. I mean, that's what we're looking at. Wait, did I, did I tell you about my championship parlay that I have? You did, the, but the, the not on the Vegas. show. So I, while in Vegas, I, myself and Brad Spielberger, we, we, we made championship parlays. So essentially we are betting on the winner of the Super Bowl, the NHL, the NBA and the MLB. So I just picked all four. I picked the Chiefs. So we're one for, we're we're one for four right there. So I picked the Chiefs, picked the Nuggets for the NBA championship. I picked the Avs for the Stanley Cup championship. Did you and go then, with the Orioles like I was begging you to for MLB? I did go, I did go yes, with the Orioles. let's go. I went with the Orioles. So that's my four. The last time we talked about it, you were about to be on the way to go do it. And you yeah. you had it all decided besides baseball. And I was like, I might go Orioles. So I almost went with the Rangers for... I know, which scared the, the absolute hell out of for me. For NHL, because yes. I think they have a legitimate shot to do it. But when I got to the sports book... The abs and the Rangers had the same odds. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. That's I was like, I would crazy. love for Connor to be happy, but I, no, no, <laughs> the I abs would have done are... the same thing. I've done the same thing. <laughs> the abs are a wagon. So I agree with you. I think the 10 and a half's, I'm, I, I think 10 and a half is a good number. I think that that might end up being where the number lands for McCarthy. And I'm going to say under. I, I think that there's too many teams that need a quarterback between 
obviously the top three that we talk about with the Chicago Bears, the uh, Washington Commanders, New England Patriots, but then the Giants at six, the Falcons at eight. And that's not even mentioning those three teams, Vegas, uh, Denver, and Minnesota, who are sitting right there, who could very easily trade up to try to go get that guy over the others that are sitting outside of the top 10. So I just think the market's too hot and we're uh we're gonna talk about quarterbacks and where we have them ranked very soon on this channel. Oh yeah, it's coming. A little teaser to the teaser. And I will just say I liked JJ McCarthy a lot more than I thought I would. Okay. I really did. And I look, we were on this show and I was somebody who said during the summer, he is far away. He is, we is really far from what he needs to be to be an NFL quarterback. And I'm not saying if you plop him down in the NFL right now, he'd be great. But what he did this year, I liked a lot. And we'll get, we'll get, we'll get into that more when we do the quarterback episode. But uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go under on 10 and a half and you're going over for JJ McCarthy. My next one. Non Mahomes Super Bowl. What's the last? What's the last? MVP. Oh, this is easy. This is easy for me. Okay. It's Trent McDuffie. Nice. Dude. I knew you'd have something non chalk. Bro, McDuffie was a monster. And you like McDuffie a lot when he was coming out of draft. Had him as cornerback, too. Had him over Stingley. Yeah. Yeah, had him over Stingley. Wow. So, okay. So you had Sauce, McDuffie, Stingley, right? Yep. I had Stingley, Sauce, McDuffie. And those yep. were like very clear first round caliber, oh, yeah. can start in the NFL type of cornerbacks. McDuffie was targeted seven times in that game, gave up two catches for like very minimal yards. Might have been less than 10 yards total, or maybe just 10 yards of reception. And he had three passes defended. Like the dude was just so locked down. It felt like when. San Francisco was in a situation where they had to convert. McDuffie was right there locking down the guy that they thought was the primary read, that they built the play around, that they thought was going to be the player who was going to get open. He was right there, man. He had a couple of, I would say, two to three plays in that game, and people will talk about it all the time, of the 60, 65 plays that happen on the offensive side of the ball, there's well shoot I should I, I guess I should say like of over the the over 100 plays that happened in the game coaches will tell you anywhere from three to five determine the game oh That's yeah it. you have over 100 plays that happen three to five of them determine who the winner is in the game and for me McDuffie made two to three of those three to five plays a as a call. reason why the Chiefs ended up winning that Super Bowl so I, I love the growth from McDuffie. I got to interview him when he was coming through the draft process. Awesome dude. Just the way he approached the position was, it was so cerebral. It was so genuine. You could tell that he just wanted to be great. And I ended, I, I got off that interview with him and I'm like, man, I just, this, this dude's going to be a star. And he was in the Super Bowl, and he got a ring for it. So Trent McDuffie would be my answer to that. He had one of the best combine podiums I've ever attended in terms of, because I remember you told me that after you spoke to him. So I wanted to hear him and I made an appointment to get over there. And I mean, he was just brilliant. I forget what I asked him too. I asked him something and he gave me a very, very long response. It might've been about tackling because he's mm -hmm. one of the best college corner tacklers I've ever seen. And yeah, he's, he's not big. No, he's not big. No. And, I mean, just a guy that you're right, Trevor. He just ever, there's so much thought put into everything and it, it makes you wonder. And this, the chiefs deserve a lot of credit. This is something they don't really get a lot of credit for because they have so much other stuff, you know, beaming. I mean, they moved up that year to go get McDuffie. And it was a defense altering move. And when you look at the Bills, ended up getting Kyrie Elam, which has not worked out for cool, Buffalo man. at all. Man, did they snipe the Bills for I mean, it's, McDuffie. It's one of the more under-the-radar massive draft pulls yes. of the last couple of years. Yes, I it would really, agree. It really, really is. 100%. 100%. Who, wait, who's yours? Do you have one? I would maybe still lean on giving it to Chris Jones. I know that's kind of not crazy, but Jones had a couple reps where I'm like, wow, he just literally destroyed the play. He ended up with two quarterback hits, four more pressures. Uh, his pass rush win rate was right around 18% for the game. Jones just, 
it's just insane what he's able to do. Dude, how about um the um the interior defensive lineman? Purnell? Oh, Mike Purnell. Jets Pernell. legend. Dude. I I was like everybody else watching that game. I was like, okay, who is this dude? I didn't I did not I I'm I'm gonna keep it a buck with you folks. I did not even know who Mike Pinnell was. He's an NFL journeyman. He is and and I Googled him. He played for he was undrafted in 2014. Bears and Jets for sure. He and maybe the, Patriots. He played for the Packers from 2014 to 2016. He played for the Jets from 2017 to 2018. He was and solid. Then from 2019 to this past season, it was Patriots, Chiefs, Bears, Falcons, Bears again, and then Chiefs again this season. That dude was an animal in the biggest game of the season. He showed up quite literally huge. So I would, I, I'm, not, I'm not giving him a Super Bowl MVP. No, but, but you're right. Unsung hero. The unsung hero, absolutely the unsung the unsung hero all right uh next question again doozy i'm not uh i'm not making it easy on you we'll have a discussion that's okay that's why we do this show can you read this redraft stroud young levis and anthony richardson yeah so pull up the 2023 nfl draft and obviously this is with hindsight we understand that but people ask for these redrafts all the time, and I thought it would be fun to at least do it with the first four quarterbacks because I think the first one is very obvious. Right, so the Panthers take Stroud. Correct. I right. mean, right. that's right. why they pay me the big bucks, folks. <laughs> that is, it is, it is. That's why they tune into the show to hear you say that the Panthers should have drafted C.J. Stroud. You can Bryce only Young. get that take on this platform. If you've heard it anywhere else, they're copying us. It's plagiarism. <laughs> we will sue. Um, so Our lawyers are at the ready. So in that scenario, okay. Now the Texans. Oh, man. Okay, so the Texans take Richardson. Okay. All and right. then. I'm still okay with. And maybe I'll get roasted for this, and that's fine. I'm still okay. And Ballard would never do this, ever. But I'm mm-hmm. still okay with the Colts taking Bryce in that scenario. Okay. Roast me all you want. We'll see okay. how he does this year. If, if he just completely falls on his face, hey, you, we, we all miss. But, I mean, Richardson's uh, physical gifts were pretty, pretty quickly on display at the NFL level. Yes. I thought. Yes. I would agree. And then Levis... This is kind of a fun one. This is a fun one because Levis was really exactly what we thought this year. It, chaotically. I mean, he made some big plays. He also really struggled to play in rhythm. And he's just a total wild man, by the mm-hmm. way, running the football. I, Levis, we don't know what he's going to turn into, but he still has those traits that make him promising. I think I, there's one. I think there's one. If you're If you're staying in the top 10... Well, that's the only one I thought in the top 10 was the Raiders. So that was, that's kind of the obvious one. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to put him somewhere in the top 10, it would be the Raiders. Right. Um, if I don't, and uh, I, I would have him go, Porter was a good pick by the Steelers, but I'm interested in Levis at 32 to the Steelers. Oh, sure. 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 If he, if he gets that far. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I mean, I, oh, you I'm think looking- he goes a little higher? I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking at the Steelers at like 14. Oh, and as wow. much as much as they like Broderick Jones, I mean, clearly this is a team that you, if you're redrafting here, Pittsburgh is the least talked about team that's also going to be extremely aggressive to get for a sure this offseason. So I'll just say, like, I agree with you on the premise of the first four or the first three. Stroud goes one to Carolina, and Richardson goes two to the Texans, and I think Bryce goes four to the Colts. Um, and again, like I, I'm with you. I'm not totally giving up on Bryce, but no. clearly the situation in Carolina was bad. It was really bad. But I love Bryce getting to work with Shane Steichen, just like I liked Anthony Richardson getting to work with Shane Steichen. I think that situation goes a lot better, and they get a really good quarterback. I, again, I don't know if Bauer does it, but we're just redrafting the Yeah, on our own. For Levis, yeah, the Raiders are intriguing at seven. 
it's 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 mostly intriguing because I don't think Tyree Wilson is great, <laughs> um, to put it nicely. Um, sure, I wasn't his biggest advocate during the draft it, process, so it's easy not go for well me here. to sub him out for Will Levis since they have a quarterback need. But I think you could also go to the middle of the first round and say that again, hindsight, Washington at sixteen, they drafted Emmanuel Forbes. That's probably the one. Although you could have put Levis there and at least you'd have more hope at quarterback, but all right. So let me throw an unplanned question at you. Who would you take today on your team? Sam Howell or Will Levis? Will Levis. Really? Okay. I think it's yeah. pretty tough. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I said that way it, 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 more quickly than I should have. Cause I, I like Sam. I say I might, I might take Howell. but yeah, I'd take Levis. Okay. I would take Levis. That's what yeah. makes them tough though. I also like just fun. love, I don't know, Le- Levis is, I love like Levis's like fiery personality. Oh, you don't totally need to be insane. a fiery dude to be a great quarterback in the NFL, but it helps man, him though. It's, it, it, I, I think it's because I've, I've had, I've also had the opportunity to talk with Levis a couple of times and I genuinely think that dude wants to be great. Like mm-hmm. he wants to work. Like he, he has that work ethic, that drive. And again, I'm not saying that Sam doesn't, I've just seen it from Will. So I mean, the he's arm the most strength, jacked quarterback in the NFL. He is pretty like, jacked. Legitimately. The arm strength, like you said, he's not afraid to be a battering ram of a runner. Howell has a little bit of that, but I think I think both Howell's arm strength and Howell's athletic ability are below what Levis's are. That's fair. So that's why I'd I'd, I'd take Levis over over Howell if everything's in a vacuum. All right, you ready? Sure. Yes. I little, little open-ended one for you. Name a team that should trade up. Oh, brother, where do we begin? Um, I'll throw a massive curveball at you. Well, you ready for it? Okay. I wanted you to kind of go outside the box here rather than saying like Denver to nine. So I'm not going to. Yeah, right, right. The Giants at six. Oh, there we go. You know, like I, I was talking with Steve Palazzolo about this on the NFL show and we were doing an episode on best case scenarios for each team in the top 10. And when I got to the giants, my immediate thought is the best case scenario ranking one, two, and three for the giants is trading up to one for Caleb Williams, (laughs) trading up to two for Drake may or Jaden Daniels trading up to three for Jaden Daniels or Drake may. You're hundred percent right. It's it's one of those three. That's the best case scenario. Daniel Jones has not shown you nearly enough to one justify the contract to believe in him moving forward over one of these rookie quarterbacks. If you can go ahead and get one, you know, we sit here and we go, ah, you know, wide receiver, offensive tackle, you know, things like that for the giants. If the giants are bad again this year, this regime might be gone. It could be over for everyone. And, and that, and that's, and that feels quick, it but does. that's just where we are because they signed Jones to that contract. Now they can get out of it, but if, are you going to sit here and go, okay, yeah, get out of the Jones deal, uh, and then we'll we'll keep you at the helm to go through another one? No, you're probably pissed off that they went through it in the first place. Daniel Jones is not a top 10, let alone a top 5 caliber quarterback. I think he's top 15. Right, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm being generous by saying those things. And the reason why I use the stoppers at top 5 and top 10 is because of another conversation that we were having when I was on that show. If you don't have a top five, at the very least a top 10 quarterback, you better be doing everything you can to get one. That's the reality that we live in. Look at the 49ers and the Chiefs Super Bowl. Now, of course, like Mahomes and Andy Reid, it's it's a genuine dynasty. And they're they're an incredible team. And they had a wonderful defense. And Steve Spagnuolo was in his absolute bag that game. But look at the 49ers. It was an extremely close game. But they didn't come away with the win. Because I don't think they had the quarterback that could close the gap between them and Mahomes. And I'm not saying that Brock Purdy played terrible. No, he was fine. That that 49ers team was stacked. In the salary cap era, I don't know how you get a better team out there holistically than what the 49ers put together. And if you get a better team, it's marginal. We're talking about an elite group on both sides of the ball. Great offensive line. Great skill position players. Elite offensive weapon to hand the ball off to him, McCaffrey, and use in a lot of different ways. A, a defensive line that's full of first-round picks. The best linebacker in the NFL. What happened to Dre Greenlaw obviously sucks. Yeah. A good secondary. 
playmakers that are out there being hungry. I don't know, man. It's 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 it, I, and I look at I look at what the 49ers did, and then I look at the Giants, and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, you can't be convincing yourself that you don't need to move up here. The Giants should absolutely be one of those teams that is doing everything that they can to get up to pick number one, two, or three, in my yeah. opinion. And it's realistically the, the shot they have is three. The commanders yes. are never letting them into that pick. It doesn't sound like the Bears are moving. Right. 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 Do you have a do you have a team that you would cape for as like a we need to talk about this team as a team trading up? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I made the question. You would think I would actually think about it. <laughs> that's a that's a good question. That's a damn good what, question. What Whoever came up that? with that question, that's a good that's a damn good question there. I mean, Pittsburgh's interesting. Pittsburgh is now super interesting. Yes, I would agree with you. Because they need a better quarterback. I think ultimately they're going to go to the pro market and and hold on to Pickett and let Pickett kind of float around behind a pro acquisition. But you can't rule out that Tomlin one can always get you there. They have a good roster. They've improved this roster over the last couple of years with good drafting. But they're not in the driver's seat to get one of the top quarterbacks. But man, going from 20... That's unchartered territory it's, in terms of that kind of jump in, in a draft like this. Yep. Yep. I got my next question coming up. Um, it's a head coaching question. Mm. So this this, this, this will be fun. But before we get to that, if you've got a family, you're out there listening, you got to get them term life insurance to protect them. All right. It's one of the smartest financial decisions that you can make. And the start of the new year, it's the perfect time to get it done. So you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to get you high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that'll fit your family's budget with quality policies like million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply whenever it is convenient for you, all online into your schedule. You can go from start to cover it in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash exchange. Meet Fabric, M-E-E-T, Fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies are issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Um, this is also a good time in the show to remind everybody who's watching and listening that if you're going through any of your mock draft exercises over at PFF.com using the mock draft simulator, you can now get the fully unlocked mock draft simulator, which comes with all sorts of fun perks. For 30% off using the promo code 30MDS. And it's not just draft simulator stuff. It, those are, that is a promo code 30MDS for 30% off any PFF subscription. So that's how you can get that done. 30% off. It's a good time to do it um, as we're really hitting the ground running with draft season. All right. My next question for you, good sir. Huh? Which new head coach has the best chance to win coach of the year? So new head coach. So I will remind you of that. Ah. Jim Harbaugh with the Chargers. Okay. Mike McDonald with the Seahawks. You got Dave Canales with the Carolina Panthers. Raheem Morris with the Falcons. Antonio Pierce with the Raiders. Brian Callahan with the Titans. Gerard Mayo with the Patriots. And then Dan Quinn with the commanders which one of these new head coaches do you think has the best chance to win coach of the year next year i'm gonna say harbaugh and i know it seems like an easy layup but i do want to remind people coach of the year is a award voted on by human beings so with coach of the year a lot of times it's not if it was just who who did the best job this year? Kyle Shanahan, who has never won it, by the way, would have won multiple times by now. Or mm. Andy Reid, or I mean, on and on we go. It's a story-driven award where, you know, look at D'Amico Ryans, right? I thought D'Amico should have won it this year. Right. Like that's really why do. he why he was in the running at the top of the running and everything for so long is that the Texans weren't expected to be good at all. And they made the playoffs. He completely turned things around. So you have to keep in mind, look at the Browns with Stefanski. The Browns had so much injury and turmoil at quarterback. It's almost kind of about 
what did you do compared to expectations and what did you do in the face of adversity? So Harbaugh, why he he's still the best option. But there's a there's a couple reasons why he might not win, even if the Chargers are good. One, everybody already thinks Justin Herbert's good. Two, everybody already expects Jim Harbaugh to be really good. So what does he have to do to actually win coach of the year? Is it win the division, which is really hard in that division? Mm -hmm. I just wonder what is the barometer for him compared to the guys taking over? For instance, Brian Callahan with the Titans, Mm -hmm. right? The Titans weren't any good this year. He's walking into a roster that needs a lot of work. So I'd go with Harbaugh. I would say my dark horse, though, would be Mike McDonald, just because I think he's going to be an incredible coach. Yeah, I think Seattle still has a good roster. I think that they have a lot of players that are on the right trajectory, whether they were year one players last year or year two players last year, that they're getting much better. So and I think he's hiring a really good coaching staff. So I would say the dark horse answer to that is Mike McDonald and one that I really like because he might have the best story compared to expectations. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a little tough to pick against Harbaugh, who is also a character with the media that does help you with this award. Yeah, I think that Harbaugh, I, I was wondering if you were going to go a different direction. I also think that Harbaugh is the choice at one. I would say McDonald is two for me, although I do think Raheem Morris has a shot. Yep. The NFC is pretty open. It's a good roster. Depending on what happens with them at quarterback, like let's say they let's say they sign Kirk, right? Okay, you sign Kirk Cousins. Let's say you draft Malik Neighbors at eight. All right. Now all of a sudden that offense is sick. It's Malik Neighbors, it's Drake London, it's Kyle Pitts, it's a good offensive line, it's Bijan Robinson, and it's Kirk Cousins facilitating the ball to those playmakers. Atlanta's offense it alone feels like it'd be good enough to potentially win that division, host a playoff game, get into the playoffs. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball. I think Raheem Morris is going to continue to elevate that group, which played better than I actually thought that they were going to last year. And they got to get better up front. And I think they're still a work in progress. But like Jesse Bates was fantastic for them last year. And I think that the defense just overall is going to get a bump from Raheem Morris being there. So the Falcons are a sneaky team who could really play some good ball next year. And I think put themselves in that conversation. And we've been talking about Raheem Morris for a while. And he also has a story, right? Was a head coach when he was 31 with the Buccaneers. And it's been 10 years since then, over 10 years since he's gotten another chance to be a head coach. So he has that story to him as well. So I would say that those three guys are definitely the favorites, in my opinion. All right. You want the fun one or you want the last football one? No, let's do the last football one and then we'll do and then we'll do the That's fun what I one. thought. All right, have your rapid-fire thinking hat on for this one. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Okay, dream fits for Jonathan Brooks, Xavier Worthy, Chop Robinson, and Tyler Guyton. So best fit for the player in terms of development. And we can go through this slowly because I did throw a lot at you here. Okay. So we'll start with Jonathan Brooks. I think the best landing spot for Jonathan Brooks, and I did this in a mock draft recently. Perfect. I think it's the Packers. I like that one a lot. Because the Packers sort of have a running back need. Oh, Uh, they definitely do. A.J. Dillon has kind of proven that he's a short yardage specialist. You know, when Aaron Jones has been down, it's it's not the same rushing production that he has. The, The efficiency does not stay there. So I think they need an upgrade there no matter what. And then... Jones is back, but his contract, it's really flexible, I think, starting next year. Um, obviously, he's getting a little bit older. So I, I think Brooks coming into that situation where Aaron Jones is still on the team, Brooks gets to continue to recover from that ACL injury. Yep. And then in 2025, gets to come in as the RB1 for the Packers. To me, I think that's a that's a great spot for him. I like that call out a lot. So another Texas guy and Xavier Worthy. Absolute yeah. speed demon. Um, probably Buffalo. Okay, right? Like Gabe Davis it, leaving in free agency. Yeah, Gabe Davis leaving in free agency. Like, let's say that Buffalo wants to go edge rusher trenches with that number twenty eight pick in the first round. I I don't think Worthy is going to be a first round wide receiver, but when I think of landing spots that would be great for his deep speed, I think 
Buffalo could be great, obviously, in an offense with Josh Allen, and they're looking to continue to unlock that vertical thread. They're trying to improve from what they had last year. Um, I think Indianapolis is also a good spot for Xavier Worthy. They have the ex-receiver in Michael Pittman. I think they'll bring him back. They've got the slot guy in Josh Downs. Right. They have Alec Pierce, but I think they'd like a little bit more there. And I think that that could be a good landing spot for them as well. Obviously, a quarterback with an absolute howitzer of an arm in Anthony Richardson as well. So I think those are the two that come to mind immediately for good spots for for Xavier Worthy. Okay. And then we move to Chop Robinson. What's a good spot for Chop Robinson? Maybe Philly? Because their edge rushers are getting a little bit older. I but don't if they pay Reddick. Yeah. What about Detroit? Get a little speed across from Hutchinson. Yeah, I obviously don't I, I if he pans out, I don't mind chop because if he pans out he's going to be a monster so right him and him and hutchinson is a one two is is nasty but it's almost kind of like a okay best case scenario obviously i think that would work out for maybe any team worst case scenario though he's almost just a speed rusher like what you have with james houston right and that's I know a good houston, point houston didn't yeah. have as good of a year this year as he did last year right. and it was you know it was never gonna he i don't think he was gonna be able to replicate that but i'd be a little bit worried about that with chop going to detroit i still like philly more because i think they're just aging at edge ah, but they got no one smith so if they're gonna put no one smith at edge they maybe don't need, need another undersized much. guy yeah maybe atlanta maybe atlanta we'll see what they how they view d'angelo malone and yeah they got malone too Maybe, though. They still need edge pass rushers. That's why they might take one in the top 10. Who knows? Houston might be a decent spot, too. Grenard walks. Because if because Grenard, Grenard's missed some time over the last couple of years. I was talking with, with Lance Zerline recently, and he was reminding me that, yeah, Grenard played well, but he's missed some time due to injury. So I don't know if this organization is going to be the one that's like, okay, yeah, you missed a lot of time due to injury. Well, let's sign you to another deal because that's the thing that coaches and front office members fear the most is is you know they say the best ability is availability so you're not making the not club gonna, in the tub you cannot make the club in the tub so okay I'm, i'll i'll go with i'll go with houston or maybe philly there for tyler, tyler guyton's your last one uh, dallas i always think dallas too i also like the bengals Jonah Williams is a walk in free agency. I don't, I don't mind the Bengals, but throwing Guyton out there right away, no matter what, might be tough. Yeah, I guess it's dream fit for the players. So you would think of like Dallas would be the dream fit. Somewhere that has a stopgap option. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Right. That makes well, a lot of sense. Yeah. I like that one. Or I also kind of like San Francisco. That's a, a great call out. Yeah. Uses yeah, athleticism in that scheme. Right, right. So yeah, I would go Dallas or San Francisco for Tyler Guy. That would be my. Well done. You ripped through that a lot faster than most would. Woo! I'm sweating profusely underneath this hoodie. That's what people can't see right now. Uh, we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it draft centric, and I'll give you one here. Uh, okay. Shout out to Jordan Reed who tweeted this out, and I thought it was a really good conversation starter. So obviously, if you guys aren't following Jordan Reed, you absolutely should be. And he asked this question on Twitter, which I am now asking you right now. Who is RB1 and LB1? I'll start with the latter half. My linebacker one is Junior Coulson. Okay. Who, I probably won't shock people. He was linebacker two for me coming out of summer. I expected a really big jump from him this year. Who'd you have LB1? The Clemson linebacker that went back to school. Oh, Bear Carter. Bear Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Bear Carter. Yeah. He went back to school. Coulson... I mean, he could fly. You don't even remember his name anymore. He's out of the class. Isn't, and you're it, like, nah, isn't it amazing? Out of, out of sight, out of mind. The brother. guy goes back to school, and, I, <laughs> and I'm just like, whoop, see you in summer. It's insane. Yeah, there's only so much room in this uh, not-so-big right. brain. 
There's only so much room under that hat, folks, and a yep. lot of it's got to be reserved for the hair. That's just right. You know. 3% brain, 97% hair. We'll roll with that. <laughs> uh, so RB1 is a much more interesting topic because I, I haven't landed on RB1 yet. The We haven't done the running backs episode yet, and it's just a big mess of players. I think ultimately Brooks is going to be my RB1. I've liked his tape the best from this year. Travion Henderson, who I was really high on, went back to school. Mm -hmm. Donovan Edwards went back to school. I think that there's things to like about Benson and Corum and Braylon Allen. But I still think at the end of the day, Brooks has the best tape from this year. He is hurt, but how much can you really hold that against him right now in terms of draft stock? It's a, The crazy thing about Brooks is he might be my top running back. And I know you had this in the mock draft, Trevor. I mean, he might go at the end of round two. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't expect a running back to go in the top 50 picks of this draft. At no, all. I don't either. So I mean, that'll be a really interesting combo, a really interesting episode, because how we stack maybe not one, but two through ten. I mean, talk about the, the field being wide open. Yeah, I wonder if Brooks would have made it into the top 50 had he not gotten hurt. Test well and yeah, well enough. Oh, man, we're losing him, folks. No, excuse me. Sorry. Yawned. I got like. Three hours of sleep last night. That's um, lovely. Yeah, you love that. We're, we're running. We're running it's off fit, vibes. It's really fitting with my next question. Vibes in a dream, brother. Um, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I think that Jonathan Brooks is RB one. To me, he's clearly RB one. The injury clouds this a little bit, but we've seen backs come back from, you know, ACL tears. So it's not, I don't think it's like a career ender or anything, especially if he goes to a situation where he doesn't have to start right away. He doesn't have to think about, you know, providing for his family while also trying to learn, you know, the, the Pass protection. To, to have faith in his knee again, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So when he was out there and he was healthy, he's only had one year as a starter. The injury is tough, but he doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. So he's still young and he's a really talented player. So I think that he's RB one. Have you watched Jalen Wright yet from Tennessee? I watched him very early in the year. Yeah. And then I was excited for him at the senior bowl and that didn't happen. Um, so, he, so he's, he's RB two for me. I'm, I'm running through the draft guide right now. Tape this year was tremendous. He's RB two. He's got that home run speed, man. And he is one hell of a pass protector. Every team in the NFL is going to be like, yep, give me this dude. He's the best pass protector in the class from, from the running back perspective. In that sense, it's so much of a plus for him. Like it was so much of a plus for Kyron Williams when he was coming out two years ago. But Wright's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit more explosive. You don't have that worry about him. LB1 for me, I'm going to be honest. It's very clearly Peyton Wilson off of just tape. I, I had a feeling you'd go there. What off a just tape. cloudy eval he's going to be, huh? Because he, he, he had a knee injury his senior year of high school where he missed, I think, most of his senior year. He tore his ACL his true freshman year at NC State, so he had back-to-back -back knee injuries. He had a dislocated shoulder and a torn labrum in 2021. So it's like, God, you play a position where you have to be physical basically every single play. And so injuries are really tough for linebackers. And he's a little bit older because of it, because he missed time. He redshirted. He had to, he had to get healthy. But when he's out there, man, he is six foot four. He's got the length. He's 240 pounds. He's a little six bit more. 240. Six four, 240. Yeah. You love true. to see that for Peyton Actually, Wilson. I think, you know, technically he's, he's 238 is what he uh, weighed in at the senior bowl. So, yeah, maybe, you know, just a little bit more. You're almost there. You can almost yeah. host the pod, Peyton Wilson. But as, as <laughs> a blitzer. The long arms, the length of it, the, the arm length that he has makes him a very good pass rusher from up the middle or off the edge. I thought he had really good instincts in zone. Uh, I thought he had the explosive movement skills to get sideline to sideline and beat ball carriers to the angles when it came to like quarterbacks keeping the ball or giving it to the running back out of the backfield. Um, to me, he gave you a lot of what you want to see in linebackers. And I ended up giving Peyton Wilson a late first, early second round grade off of film. Now you have to then factor in injury history. So I don't think he's going to end up being a first round pick, but no. film alone, if somebody picked him at the back end of the first round as LB1, I go, yeah, all right, I get it. I get it because that's the grade that I gave him. So um, those are that's my RB1, LB1 situation. A lot of discussion there. I'd like for people in the comments to let me know who they have as their RB1 and their LB1, and we'll uh, we'll be able to read those and respond to some of those too. So, all right. 
The fun, fun one. Very simple for you here, but very relevant with your lack of sleep schedule and where we just came back from. Oh, great. <laughs> Rate Las Vegas one out of ten. <laughs> no, like no details, no nothing. <laughs> just that's it. Thoughts, Las Vegas. Thoughts. Okay, All right, I just I I have a I have a follow up question. Am I rating the city of Las Vegas right in all its glory? everything, or am I rating it as a Super Bowl media week city? Do both. Okay, just plain Vegas. <laughs> you don't want to stay there too long, but like I like Vegas, man. I give it like an eight or a nine and a ten. Whoa, that's a high grade. Like Vegas is fun. I've never, I've never really had like. Now here's the thing. I've never been in Vegas too long. Ah, both of the previous trip because this was this was the third time I'd ever been in Las Vegas, and this was draining obviously because it was a work trip as well. So you're trying to blend like work and then going out with people and all that stuff. Right, right after but the Senior Bowl. When we the, the the other two times that I've been in Vegas, we weren't there too long. We kind of did everything we wanted to do. And by the time we got to that last day, we were all like, oh, yeah, we're ready to go home. And it you was actually wake like, up and feel it. Right? It was, it was like, like it something was that text in your head. You're like, oh, God, I got it was go that home. perfect. It was that perfect yeah. feeling. So um, you know, Shrine Bowl was hosted in Vegas uh, a year ago as well. So we got to see things outside of just the Las Vegas Strip. But it's so unique, man. It's such a unique city. I give it an 8 out of 10. I would. And then for hosting – the Super Bowl Media Week. I don't know. I thought. I mean, if you weren't staying at the hotel that was adjacent to where the event was going on, it'd probably be a bitch, right? So, like, if you were staying at a different hotel, it was probably like a five or six out of ten experience. But I'd say it was like a seven. I'd say okay. it was like a seven or an eight. I liked it. Okay, we're not that wildly different. I'm higher on it as a Super Bowl city. Oh, okay. I would almost give it a not and bias like you i was staying in the hotel that radio row was at so i just yeah, yeah, walked right. down every day i couldn't right. imagine having to uber over every day but because i did the last super bowl i covered was miami in 2020 mm. and that that was just you couldn't get anywhere it was no miami's tough miami was rough i love miami i really do but as a super bowl city it's the opposite of this. I really liked Vegas as a Super Bowl city. I don't really love Vegas as a city as a whole. And it's probably because the two out of three times I've been there, or maybe three out of three times, I've been there too long. Would you, did you go for like bachelor parties? Would no, go I've gone for work every time. Oh. The first time I went, I was there for 10 days. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And you lived? Yeah, I did somehow. Barely. Barely. <laughs> Jeez. And then the last two times it was about five to six, which is still long. Your company allowed you to expense a 10 day trip in Las Vegas. And that wasn't when I worked for NBC. That's when I worked for Bleacher Report. We had the studio in Caesars and we shot college football stuff out of it, like in August to preview the season. Dude, Brad Spielberger and I, would we, we went to the same breakfast spot every morning as we were like walking to the event. And I would get every morning. So I mean, it was just three mornings. I would get four egg white bites. You know, like it's kind of yeah. like the ones you get at Starbucks, but they're a little bit bigger, they're a little bit better. So four egg white bites and a thing of overnight oats, which, you know, came with like raspberries and like all that, whatever. It was a great way to start the day. Okay. How much do you think it was for four egg white bites and overnight oats? At least $27. Yeah, it was at least $27. It was $33. Yeah. $33. It's, it's okay. So I would give it maybe an eight and a half Super Bowl city out of his first Super Bowl city because I thought okay. logistically it was, it was really well done. There I was like something to do every night. Like literally. That was the cool part. There was something to do every night. Like went yeah. from a Golden Knights game to the sphere to great dinner. Like very enjoyable. Even just Vegas gambling, says, man. But what? like a couple of a couple of the nights, like we, we PFF people were just like, hey, you want to just like go down to the tables for a little oh, bit? Oh, obviously the, your hotels in the casino. Yeah, and it's just awesome. very easy, you know? Awesome. And this is nothing against a like the city for people that live there, because I can't relate to that at all. I can't rate that. But just as a city for any trip, non-Super Bowl, 
to the point you just made, it is very difficult as a functioning city, like finding mm. water and finding normal food. It's just, it is, it's Vegas. It's a big circus. So everything, everyone there is there for tourism. So like you said, yes, like $33 breakfast. That wasn't even an extravagant breakfast. Uh, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Vegas guy, but it All serves right. its purpose, right? Like that's the thing you need to realize with Vegas. It is, I think you nailed it. It's a three day town. Yes. If you're not living there, if you're living there, you have the comforts of home. That's different. Correct. But if you're Correct. visiting, it is a bit chaotic um, to function as a normal human. And I can go without functioning like a normal human for about three days. Five, <laughs> I'm like, mm, yeah, that's pushing I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna crumble. That's very, that's very much pushing it. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to get Nate Tice on the show because Nate lives. He's in a Las local Vegas. now. Yeah, and we'll, uh, and we'll ask him what it's like to actually live in Las Vegas. Yeah. Okay, this was, this is a totally off the wall one. Um, this is a throwback to Fan Friday days from the Lockdown NFL Draft. Somebody oh asked us this, and I remembered it out of nowhere as I was thinking of random questions, and it was funny because it's a food one, and I feel like it would uh, bring up some some good food debate. So, uh, wait, are you a pancake or a waffle guy? Right? Do you waffles first? But I do enjoy okay. pancakes. All right, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. Um, the first is word is top. Top five toppings for pancakes and waffles. Wow. Yeah. All right. Top five. So they they count for both. Okay. Do I have to rank them in order? Yeah, you got to rank them in order. We can t- we, we, we can talk it out. We can talk it number, out here. We- number one is butter. Okay. Just a classic butter. Two is syrup. Okay. All right. All right. Three is chocolate chips. Nice. Obviously infused in the waffle or the pancake. Yeah, sure. We'll count it as, as a topping. Four is a tough one between banana and strawberry. Oh, see, yeah. Yeah, this is where I start to break. I think I'll go. Mm, wow. <laughs> We've got I, when a I was blender, younger, folks. When I was younger, it was waffles, but I've grown to really enjoy strawberries as I've gotten older. Yeah, I think I'll go strawberries for bananas five. Now I have to recircle and make sure I didn't snub anyone like uh <laughs> Who's the like greatest, Carson Steele? Who's the, who's the Carson Steele? Of the who top? got Kobe Turner out of this thing? <laughs> <laughs> who, Man, who's, who's the who's the Kobe Turner of, of pancake toppings? To me, like I, once cream comes into the equation, you're eating dessert. I'm still counting this as breakfast, and I could do chocolate chips for breakfast because I like a little bit of sugar to get me kick started. Okay, but whipped right. cream. Now we're just eating. I'm eating dessert. I had dinner. I'm, it's eleven o'clock. It's dessert. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Enough. Yeah. So I'm out on that. I don't like uh, pecans. Mm, okay walnuts yeah, i i don't i don't like i don't like nuts on pancakes or no no they don't, it ruins they don't it. enhance it for me no the consistency is off can, all right can i ask you a question here please that's why we do no notes how do you feel about fried chicken and waffles it's one of my favorite breakfast dishes of all time is it so the problem is people can really fuck it up let me tell you that so I, I have gotten away from ordering it as much as I used to uh-huh. because of fear. There's <laughs> there's a couple times where I look at it on the menu, I look around the place, and I go, it's just not the place for this. If it's not really done right, it's it can it can go the wrong way. You okay. live in the South, so I feel like I do, and it's a look, common dish. There are, there are a lot of places that have it. I just think it's one of those foods that's better in theory. Okay. Than actual execution. Here's the problem with it. Obviously, fried chicken at its highest form is fried chicken. Like you're holding on to the drumstick fried chicken. That is fried chicken at its highest form. Mm -hmm. The problem is that does not mesh well with waffles. The chicken almost needs it needs to be boneless fried chicken like yeah. battered chicken tenders almost yeah, because that's that's what I'm, yes the yes, point is yes you cut it all together and you do the syrup and sriracha and all this stuff that's the best way to have chicken and waffles but the problem is a lot of people get screwed up in the head because you think the best form of fried chicken is real fried chicken but mm-hmm. it doesn't work with waffles because the point is the syrup the waffle and everything you have on it is supposed to mix with the chicken you don't 
eat your fried chicken and then eat your waffles. That doesn't make any sense. That's not the point right. of the dish. Right. So this is the right. crossroads a lot of eateries are, are dealing with and why it can get a little screwy. And I think that's why ultimately I think it's better in theory because sometimes you'll get you'll get served like a like a fried chicken. Um, sometimes it's a drum, but other times it's just like, like a thigh. Yeah, like it's very odd. Is, it's is very what odd. Get. And, and yeah. it's like now I got to cut around the bone a oh, bunch. Yeah. Now I'm it doesn't working. Work. You know, now I'm working too hard, and so and it's not the way to really eat real fried chicken. Right. So it should, in theory, and this would not. The problem is people wouldn't order it as much. So they can't do this. It should be called chicken tenders and waffles. It should. Sorry. Yes. It should if be it called chicken, chicken tenders strips? and waffles. If it was chicken strips. Yes. So when I lived now in Hoboken, this place used to um, that I used to go to. They would make it that way. So it would be chicken strips with like, it was like sriracha style chicken. So it had like a very good flavor that mixed well with the sweetness of syrup. And I loved it. But then, yeah, you go to a couple of places that do it, you know, and you, like you said, you get a chicken thigh and you're like, I like the standalone chicken thigh, but I don't like it with chicken and waffles because this isn't really what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Chicken and waffles, very, uh, very delicate dish. When done right, 10 out of 10. I think my power ranking for waffles slash pancake toppings would be butters one okay good i didn't know if we'd align on that yeah gotta, you one. have that butter banana is two wow big banana guy dude i love sometimes i'll uh, sometimes i'll make two egos and i'll yep. cut up banana and i'll put banana in between and i'll, I'll get like an ego sandwich go move dude it is elite so yeah, bananas too. Flavor profile is elite. I think strawberry is two. Chocolate chip or sorry, butter is one. Banana is two. Strawberry is three. Chocolate chip is four. Syrup is five for me. Mm. I have gotten away from syrup as I've gotten older. Yeah, I have to have it on like French toast. And if I could, if I could swap out whipped cream with syrup, I would. Okay, syrup, syrup wouldn't even wow. make my top five. Wow, wouldn't even make top five. I'm glad because uh, I align with you on this. I'll never age out of Eggos. Like, oh, obviously, no. you love like a real Belgian waffle. Yeah. But that's just not possible all the time. We yeah. have things to do and places to be. I could I could crush Ego. I will crush Eggos until for the end of time. Yeah. Alyssa got mad at me, understandably so, because I ate the last Eggos like two weeks ago. And I didn't I didn't have time to go to the store within the next it's like a big issue. six hours. And she woke up the next morning. She's like. Did you eat my egos? Because she had bought them. I was in the wrong. Oh, you really in the wrong. I was fully in the wrong. But my, you know, my carb count for the day was low. I had to get the carbs up. Saw the egos there. Made the egos. So your boy messed up. Opening now we just now we try to now we try to now we try to go to Costco for it because Costco's. They Got give me. you like 85 egos. <laughs> so, so before I lived with Kristen and I I lived with one of my best friends uh, from my childhood and I went to college with him. We would always uh, try to mastermind Gabriel Murphy situation. A hundred percent. Which one of you? Which one of you? Yeah, who didn't make it in the combine? <laughs> Good question. He we always when we would go to Costco or BJ's. We would always try to mastermind like, can, do we have enough freezer room on this trip to fit the. The 80 pack of Eggos. And we'd sit there and look at each other forever and be like, I think if we take them out of the box and we align them a certain way, like Tetris, mm-hmm. we play Tetris with the freezer. Yes. Yeah, that was it. Now I, I'm, I will admit, like, there are a lot of things I, I draw a hard line in the sand on or I fight for, like, really fight for. I don't fight Kristen on on the 72 pack of Eggos. Like, it's just not, it's not feasible. It's not feasible anymore. <laughs> like, it's, you gotta understand, I will eat them all. I, that's the thing. I Price cannot, per Eggo is lower. I cannot wait to have a house strictly to have a second freezer. Like the, yeah, gr- like, like the garage, garage freezer. freezer. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When I get that, I'll it's, just, I'll be on cloud nine. The meats. It's the, just, the amount it's, of, it's oh. gonna be, it's gonna be straight red meat. Yep. And egg goes. That's it. That's it. Maybe a couple of pints of like real good ice cream that you keep away from the main the main freezer, but mostly just mostly just red meat and egg goes. Oh, uh, <laughs> dude, speaking of speaking of ice cream, and this is for this is for another episode. We're not gonna get into this. But listen, I just got a ninja creamy. You know the thing where you could like make have you ever seen this? No. I know dude, nin- the brand ninja. Yeah, so they have this, they have this device. 
oh they've upped their game this contraption called a creamy where you can make your own ice cream at home and you can make like protein ice cream so it is my it is my goal somebody asked me this in the comments in like two weeks okay it is my goal in life to make a protein healthy mcflurry recipe if you crack the code to that i think you you deserve like the pulitzer prize of what of whatever <laughs> food is i'll drop i'll drop the recipe in the comments whenever that happens we, I, we I think have it. i think you just right away get a Retire. patent on it yeah and and, and distribute and distribute. immediately just put a 1.5 million dollar yacht like on the chase card on the credit card 100 like, like don't, even, don't, do. even, don't even wait for the funds to come in no. i'll be good for it no, yeah the second buy, i get this recipe right? buy and name it what would you name a boat if you got it no that's got to be another no notes okay question. all you right maybe you, that'll you, be my next one we gotta that. keep we, the people we, yeah keep. we gotta we gotta we gotta keep we gotta keep, yeah. keep the people coming back let us know what you guys thought of this episode whether it was the football questions or whether it was the uh fun questions that we had here at the end we would love to hear from you in the comments best way to get in on the show uh is in the youtube comments youtube.com backslash at nfl stock exchange if you're audio only you can hit us up on x as well as instagram at Connor J. Rogers, at Tampa Bay Trey. Um, the teaser that we had at the beginning of the show that we kind of not so teased or gave it away is quarterbacks. Quarterback ranking episode is coming early next week. And then just to, you know, give you guys a peer behind the curtain, I'm doing a little, I'm doing a little getaway before the combine, so I won't be around. So I'm actually recording a couple yacht. of yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm getting the yacht. <laughs> I'm going out on the yacht. Um, so I'm recording two episodes with PFF's very own Brad Spielberger, and we're going to go through every team in the NFL over the span of two episodes. We're going to break it up into AFC and NFC, and we're going to go through every single team and tell you whether they they are going to be more in on free agency or the NFL draft for their specific needs. So we'll kind of update the team needs pre-combine, pre-free agency, and we'll talk about, okay, does this team have a lot of cap space? Uh, Are they going to be keen on free agency or are they going to be looking more towards youth, the NFL draft, to fill those needs? So those two shows are going to be a good time. But Connor and I obviously have one more show for you before we get to that point, and it's going to be the quarterback episode. Connor, you got anything else before we get out of here? Nope, can't wait. Been watching them all week. Uh, a lot of it's kind of you know reevaluating, but some of it's not. Some back end guys really diving into uh, you know deep dive for the first time. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited for the show, man. It'll be it'll be great to really talk about a quarterback class that. It's kind of stealing the spotlight of this draft. I know, man. We we even talked about it in this episode. There's going to be so many teams that are looking to potentially move up for quarterbacks. And we'll tell you uh, early next week, I think it's going to be a Monday release. We'll tell you which quarterbacks we think could be worth it for some of those teams. I'm Trevor Sycamo with, I'm Trevor Sycamo. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. See you guys on Monday.